Fred Film Radio, Berlin International Film Festival, Germany. Fred Film Radio, this is Sierra Nicoletti from the 73rd Berlinale. I'm with Leandro Koch, Paloma Schackmann. We are here to present the Klesmer project. Adentro mio, soy bailando. Aquí en Berlinale Encounters. Welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So as I first told you before starting the interview, uh, I was expecting a documentary about uh, Yiddish folk music and then I discovered something else because it is more than that. It's a love story. It's a story about finding your roots, finding each other, and it's about Yiddish music and uh why uh, it got lost along the way so yeah what happened to you is mostly what happened to us because when we started doing this this film we wanted to do a documentary a music documentary on Yiddish uh, not even even Yiddish folk music klezmer music but when we started to doing it or doing the research for it we started to discover so many layers and so many interesting things behind that music that uh, made us think that we needed to add uh, different uh, layers to to the to the movie uh, to 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 be able to reflect on what we've been discovering right i mean behind <clears throat> this music there was a huge uh, interesting thing that was the disappearing of a culture and why why that happened it was a question that uh, was really interesting for us because of course there was the holocaust that uh, had a um, uh, terrible uh, how you say it uh, massive uh, killing massive of people yeah. uh, destruction but lots of Yiddish speakers survived the war and they moved to Israel or in the United States or even Argentina also and at some point, there was a decision to leave that culture behind. And uh, what we begin to ask ourselves was, what was about that culture that Jewish people decided to give up on, on, on it and create a new one? And that's already something uh, very, very interesting because uh, one thing that, you know, after all that happened, one was, uh, they would want to preserve everything that they wanted to take uh, take from them so it's it felt weird for me to know about that yeah for us too and uh, mainly that was the reason why the movie turned not only into a klezmer documentary but something to talk about Yiddish culture and what happened um, because Jewish people we we are like really fund for preserving the memories and preserving culture in every way we can and at some point we started to think about why why not why not Yiddish why not Yiddish literature why not Yiddish theater why not Yiddish language of course and trying to I mean it's a complex question it's not that we have the answer at all it's just like we we could find different things that happened in history that may have um, had to do with the disappearance of Yiddish language and Yiddish culture. So at some point we started to to bring all these themes uh, through Klesmer music, which was the music from Yiddish weddings. 
and we used the music and the fiction parts of the movie as a vehicle to begin to ask ourselves and the character begin to ask himself um, what was there and what happened. It's not that we find an answer. I don't think there is a one answer to that question. I think it's really complex. But for sure, there happened many things in history. Not only the Holocaust, which was like the, the most important, no doubt about it. But also afterwards, uh, happened many different things. And trying to, at least to find the questions to ask to ourselves, that was our main goal, to try to find the right questions for the film. Yeah, of course, the most interesting that thing that we found is that... Uh, After the Holocaust, the creation of the status of Israel was the the, the grace that uh, killed this culture. They, they <clears throat> I mean, it's really complex <laughs> to think about it because uh, you can read a lot of things and many different points of views, but for sure there was a decision to leave that language behind. That was a decision. And they even, uh, I mean, they, they banned, so they said, uh, The, 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 there was a politics of uh, non-spreading the Yiddish word. So that, I mean, for us it was really why, you yeah, know, why? Was, I mean, one of the, the main the main answers you find, it's like it was such a, a painful memories that brings back Yiddish, uh, that they wanted to leave that behind, and they also wanted to adapt themselves in a better way. Uh, to the new countries where they had to, to emigrate. So it's really complex. And, and also, of course, there's another thing which was really, um, kind of particular to find, which was like, Yiddish remained a secret language in the homes. Like, Yiddish was always the, the, the home language in, in different of, to the daily life. Jewish people by, went back home and speak in Yiddish. And at some point, what we remembered, because also we are grandchildren of Yiddish speakers, and we are still like that, that generation that had a direct contact to people that used to speak Yiddish. Uh, what we remember, it was like, or what we find out uh, interviewing people, it was like, yeah, but my grandparents only talked in Yiddish when they didn't want us to understand what they were saying. And, or when they wanted to fight in each, to each other, and so they want, they, it was a secret language at some point. So there were so many facts that make, uh, Yiddish, uh, be behind, left behind. And there's not, not definitely not one answer, but there are many particular things, uh, about that, that, which we try to portray at some point, uh, in this not, It's not so strict documentary form that we found. Like we mix a lot of um, fiction in the movie. We really use a lot. And we had uh, written many scripts before shooting. Uh, but that's, that is also like a way for us to, to get closer to the people that, that see the movie. Like closer to get them close to the subject at some point because we know about it because we're Jewish from Buenos Aires, but we wanted everyone to know about it and not so not in a complicated way. About that, uh, how did you decide to portray the fictional story and the story parallel to the fictional story? I mean, you're. Uh, Uh, when we began the interview, I said it's a love story because it's a love story that 
that goes, you know, in parallel that intertwines with mm -hmm. something you're telling, uh, uh, a mean, lost tale. The Yiddish yeah. story. Exactly. Yes, yes the, the story, <clears throat> we, we made, we started to, to create this fictional story because for mainly, I think, two reasons. One is that we, we needed a character that could um, carry this <clears throat> this um, thing that is like he was born into the new Jewish culture. He was born in the community, Jewish community of Buenos Aires, and all that he knew is the new Jewish culture that was born after the creation of the State of Israel. But the stories that he, his grandfathers, his grandparents told him were really different. So uh, he started making this fake documentary just to spend time with a girl that he likes and. Doing this this documentary, he starts to find, to discover that there was another culture. A culture that maybe he liked a little bit more than the one he knows. So uh, that's that's the the, 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 the the idea of the fictional point. Uh, have a way to vehicularize this discovering. And after creating that, we... We needed a voiceover, and the, the original idea was to have a, a voiceover of my character, but we were never really so happy with doing a voiceover. We, we really didn't want to do that. And then the Yiddish, the Yiddish story appeared, <laughs> yes. And uh, it was like a magical solution because uh, it works in so many ways. Uh, it, it tells a story that is not Leandro and Paloma's story. It's a, an old uh, Yiddish, Nistetl, uh, like Yiddish literature, like a singer. Uh, and it worked like as a counterpoint. Is 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 correct in English? Okay, of the story, it worked as a voiceover at some point. But the most important is that that story brings the Yiddish sound to the movie because the movie didn't have Yiddish at all. And then it's a a, 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 a concrete act of the movie to bring this, the the Yiddish sound to to the surface. Thank you for not putting a voiceover. I mean, sometimes he works, but he's overused, let's say. Yeah, so we, we have made so many different tries for this because also like at some point it, it is a road movie. And uh, during the movie, the, both characters are uh, in separated places and one character is after the other one and all the time like getting late to the point where he has to be. And so, like, we, we've tried voiceover in, in voice messages and talking to, to, like, and think in a thoughtful way and then in a concrete way and then in a, letters. like, letters. And then we, like, we also tried that, uh, that state in the movie for a while. But the first idea we had, like, was the grandmother being the voiceover, telling the story. Uh, we we really made like lots of different uh, attempts before trying like my, I think and and the the funny thing is that the Yiddish story we find it like really in the edition part like really in the, the last last the part last. of the state of the movie because we've been working for this movie for seven years and at least six years we thought like there was going to be a voiceover but the truth is. We never liked it enough, so we kept uh, making different, trying, yeah. yeah, trying until we find this in English, and it was like, okay, finally we found it. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. 
one last thing before leaving you, like very simple thing, but uh, what did you expect and what are you, are you expecting from this experience at the Berlinale and how is it going so far? You want to do it? <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Like, so far it's great. Like, really to have the premiere here, it's something like we really wanted and uh, we al always thought uh, this was a festival for our movie, but of course we are totally aware of how difficult it is to get here. Um, and what we are living like tomorrow is the premiere and we are really anxious and waiting for it, mostly to to know what's the spectator uh, the spectator's reaction. Yeah, I mean it's really different for us when we show the movie. We have it we have shown it to the people we work with and the feeling is that you begin to really know your movie when you show it. Uh so at some point it's we we really we are really waiting for for the spectators to give us the feedback of what we have created. Like, we really, really need them. Um, yes. So, yeah. Every time we, we show the movie to someone new, we learn a new thing about our movie. It's like a, a, a reset to the eyes and to the ears, to the ears. So having a premiere with a lot of new people, <laughs> I think that uh, will 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 be that experience multiplied. You know, so we're really happy happy to be here and uh, really anxious to know what the people think about the 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 film. Thank you so much, Paloma, Leandro, for talking about the Claytzmer project screening at the Benidorm Encounters at the 73rd edition. This is Chiara Nicoletti for Fred, the Festival Insider. Fred Film Radio. 24-7 on fred.fm and smartphone apps.